This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Good afternoon. Well, this morning, another pedestrian was killed in Toronto. As usual, the victim was a Zoomer, a man in his 60s struck and killed by a cargo van in the Dufferin and Eglinton area. It was right at Dufferin and Dynavor Road just before 7 a.m. And that brings the total number of pedestrians killed this year to 21. 21 people killed. The last time I talked about this problem here on Fight Back was last Tuesday, just eight days ago. And just eight days ago at lunchtime, the toll was 16. So five people, five people have been killed trying to cross the street in the last week alone. What is going on and what do you think of it? And what do you think we should be doing about it? The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Fight back at zoomer.ca. And right now I'm here with Constable Clint Stibby of Toronto Traffic Services. Uh, Welcome, Constable Stibby. Thanks for having me. Well, what do you make five in a week? Well, you know what? It's it's interesting. Everybody seems to think that uh, this is a rash of bad luck or poor choices. What I have to say is it's mistakes. Mistakes on both the behalf of the pedestrian, the driver, uh, somebody either wasn't paying attention, and regardless, pedestrian or driver, you're putting yourself in a, essentially a position of risk. And in some cases, you're ending up with your life being taken. Now, we need to keep in mind that uh, although there's no law that says you can't cross in a mid-block situation, if you are involved in a collision as a pedestrian crossing mid-block, you can be charged. But when we look at our collision statistics, 50% of our fatalities are a mid-block crossing situation with a pedestrian. So essentially, we could cut our pedestrian fatalities in half. And again, these are approximate numbers, not down to the half a percent, but we could essentially cut our pedestrian fatalities in half if nobody crossed mid-block. If you're going to cross mid-block, you need to make sure that when you do it, it's safe, that there's no vehicle coming. That, And I think this is a conversation we were having just before we went on air, that you make eye contact with the driver. The driver acknowledges you and brings that vehicle to a stop, or you wait until that vehicle's gone past and it's safe to step on the road. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it, it obviously, it makes sense to say don't cross mid-block, but... But especially if you're in a hurry, you know, you can be taking a very long walk to the next traffic light. And um, so I have to admit, I cross mid-block a lot. But as you said, I make eye contact with any driver because, uh, frankly, you know, a lot of them are quite nutty. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, a lot of them are making mistakes. But when we look at road users in whole, that's cyclists, pedestrians, and drivers, Everybody's making mistakes. We were yesterday. We were at the corner of uh, Adelaide and uh, Strawn, watching cyclists uh, go through the stop sign at that location. 
I'd say about 95% of the cyclists did something. They uh, either didn't signal that they were stopping, failed to signal they were turning, didn't stop at all, uh, cut in front of a car uh, that had stopped and was starting to move, oh, but they never stopped. that happened to me yesterday at a four-way stop. So the, the car in front of me goes, and it's my turn. And, you know, I'm starting to go, and out of the blue, this the cyclist goes. And, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm careful and I was careful that time but why would she be taking her life in her hands to do that well, to, it, to get another 30 seconds because because the car is is bigger than the cycle well I mean you have to you have to look at it re- the reality is no matter what happens if it's a car versus a cyclist or a pedestrian the car unfortunately is going to win the pedestrian or cyclist will always come out in the losing end and I think we saw a perfect example of that this morning well yeah and uh, so again it, it it is mistakes people do cross uh, middle of the road. I mean, isn't part of the problem that we don't have traffic lights in the right places? We don't have traffic lights where we need them. Well, what's interesting that the comment you just made, one of the fatalities that uh, we were discussing now, uh, there was one at uh, Lawrence and uh, I believe it was Birchmount or McCowan. I think it was McCowan. The uh, individual was crossing about uh, 70, 80 meters away from an intersection where that person was struck. So what does this tell you? I mean, you are going to tell me you couldn't walk 80 meters down to the intersection and cross safely. Unfortunately, that person chose not to. And unfortunately, that person was struck and killed. So these are challenges that we face on a daily basis. The active transportation model that the city has adopted is probably a a very good way to go for the community because we are trying to be more community-based, not just as a service, but as a community on the whole. Uh, We've got Liberty Village that we're in right now. There's a tremendous amount of pedestrians walking around. And for the most part, they're walking on the sidewalks. But I can tell you, I've come through intersections and or mid-block and a person's not even looking at me coming up alongside of them. And then they step out and look only after they've stepped out on the road. Thank goodness I'm not driving quickly through here because it is a 40 zone. <laughs> well, but, you can't drive quickly through here. But that's the, the news, <laughs> even if you want to. <laughs> but you know what? The, the reality is, even traveling at 20, somebody getting hit by a car even traveling at 20 kilometers per hour can suffer significant injury. And we need to keep in mind, it's not the actual impact with the car that's going to kill the individual. It's the actual secondary indica- uh, collision where the individual falls to the roadway, in most cases striking their head, uh, because that is really the heaviest portion of your body. And that seems to be the one that almost acts like a whip fashion when you come down and your head hits the pavement so hard that you suffer internal head injuries that unfortunately either cause massive injury or take your life. I want to get to the thing. So we're talking about what pedestrians should be doing, but people who've done studies say that that most of the time it's the driver's fault. Is that right? So I guess it depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at uh, simple collisions where nobody's killed or you're talking fatalities, I'm strictly talking fatalities. And we look, we look at about a 50-50 split. It's almost right now, uh, as of last week when I looked at uh, our summary, uh, pedestrians were found to be more at fault than the drivers. Uh, that may have changed between last week and this week. I haven't, I haven't uh, had those statistics determined as of yet. But the point being that that statement that you just made in itself doesn't ring true when we look at traffic fatalities. But we need to keep in mind that in some cases, there wasn't no speed. There was minimal speed. But it was the age of the individual in combination with uh, perhaps a head injury or some sort of internal injury from the vehicle that resulted in their, uh, unfortunately, their demise. But we need to keep in mind that the older you are, the more fragile you are. Our, dem- our demographic for Toronto, we're going to see about a one-third increase of uh, seniors on our roads between now and 2028. 
that's going to make up about 900,000 residents of Toronto. Well, that is probably going to be the single largest segment of our population. As a result, I think they're going to be disproportionately represented in these types of collisions. They already are. Well, they already are, but I think Zoomers, it's going to be... people over yep. 65 are most yep. of the... I, I want to bring up something about that, but uh, first, uh, let's take a call. Uh, we've got Ed in Toronto. Hi, Ed. Ed? Yes, how, how are, are you? you? Fine, how are you? Oh, very good. And I agree with your comment about the cyclists coming in. I'm not sure whether he came on your inside or outside, but they come from everywhere. But uh, pedestrians, that eye contact thing that he's talking about is extremely important. That, and if you make eye contact and he acknowledges what you're doing, there's much less chance of ever having a problem there. I've crossed at um, uh, in between intersections many times, but usually the, what I use is if there's no car in sight, I'll cross. If there's a car that has any chance of getting to me, uh, I won't cross. Uh, because if there's no car, you, I generally assume that you can't get hit. Well, that's um, that's actually thing. that's a very good that's a very good perspective on it. I can't well, argue with that. So, sometimes I I cross like the, it's there's massive traffic. Isn't People are blocking intersections, so I make eye contact yeah, because they're not contact. leaving me any yeah. place to cross. Yeah, I'll do that on these places where there's uh, lines of traffic. Like uh, I don't know. I assume you're saying there's lines of traffic and they've come to a kind of a stop. Eh? Yeah, That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll make the eye contact. You're right. Because then the car, the guy that's kind of acknowledged you, uh, I even do that with other cars to tell you the truth, but that's uh, that's another issue. Uh, and then I'll cross because he's your barrier between any other guy behind him or anything like that. And then I peek around to make sure there's nobody coming the other way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. You know, try to, I guess it's from defensive driving courses I've continually taken over the years through uh, having to take them in which they were. Very beneficial, I think, but I still make the odd mistake. Well, can I, can I ask one question? Have you ever been struck by a vehicle? No, I've been struck in my car by a vehicle, and every time I was sitting still, believe it or not. And parking lots, like they say, are one of the worst places to get yes. hit. It's not for us. It's number four for uh, traffic fatalities. Uh, fatalities in parking fatalities, lots? But I mean, for minor accidents. It doesn't, it doesn't count in the uh, oh, yeah. statistics board. About, uh, yes. The car getting hit and then getting damaged a People, bit. Uh, People driving, uh, uh, people walking, struck by cars in parking parking oh, yes. lots. Oh yes, I will. I want to reemphasize this: we cannot have cyclists at intersections, and also the right hand and left hand turn uh, times should be synchronized. They spent years, for example, Bathurst and uh, Bathurst and Bloor. It was always close from either nine thirty at night that you couldn't make a left turn to, I think it's 10 o'clock at night now. Okay, so right well, just so you know, we're, we're getting a bit off topic yeah. on that one. So. Okay. Off topic. We're talking about pedestrian safety. Okay. We should have the, use the knowledge of years of them talking about traffic increasing where they've changed it from 5.30 to 6 to 7 at many intersections for left turns. We should do the same for right turns at those intersections and no, actually, I think they should take all cyclists. Oh, okay, okay, Ed. We're no, going to talk about cyclists about another cyclists. T- Okay, Any okay, okay Ed. Ed, thanks a lot. Okay, okay. So you want cyclists hit? 
you get them off those streets. With okay, okay, Ed, thanks for your call. Just just so everybody knows, no. cyclists are vehicles as well. They are actually are bound by the Highway Traffic Act in a number of uh, same points as cars. So uh, there are certain things that they don't have to do, but the, believe it or not, they are actually under a lot of regulation as well. Yeah, they don't uh, necessarily follow those. No, but those, they are bound by them. They are bound by them. Okay. Uh, one of the things I, I wanted to bring up here, um, and it was it's about the time required to cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I can't say how many times you're talking about a growth in the population of older people, of Zoomers, some of whom need more time to cross. And, and I've witnessed like horrible, scary situations of somebody who can barely walk, trying to cross the street, and the light turns red. And it's just scary. I mean, you, you know, <clears throat> you have to stop if you're in the car, but it's, it's very scary. Yep. And there was this horrible incident a few days ago. I'm sure you heard about it. I think it went viral, where a woman honked at a pedestrian and he punched her in the face. She got out of her car and he assaulted her again. And I'm absolutely not condoning this uh, obviously very angry pedestrian, but uh, people's reactions to this, I mean, I'm listening to people's reactions to this, and, you know, they're almost saying, a lot of them saying the the driver was right because sometimes people take too long to cross the street. I mean, what is that? Well, the reality is that the the countdowns that we have, uh, they're to help individuals clear the roadway. But at the same time, uh, we are bound under the Highway Traffic Act not to step on the roadway when the countdown has begun or the flashing hand has begun. Okay, I don't think most people know that. I know. But uh, what's interesting, is, depending on the type of position an individual wants to take and how they look at that, if you're on the roadway and the countdown completes, traffic has to wait until you clear the roadway. So if Unfortunately, the older we get, the slower we move. And I've had it where I've stepped onto the road to help a lady cross the street at Spadina, uh, just at Dundas, because she was only about a little over half of the way through, but her ability to travel across the entire roadway, it was she wasn't able to do it within the time allotted. Timing has been increased for those lights uh, throughout the city. They have identified that our demographic is moving that way, and they will continue to make those adjustments. But every small change is a ripple effect throughout the the city for other traffic signals. So they have to make the changes slowly in order to ensure that the changes that are being made are not necessarily major impact on traffic volume, but also pedestrian and uh, other vehicular, uh, such as cyclists, whatnot, trucks, TTC, whatnot. There's so many different angles that have to be accounted for that they have to make sure that these changes are made slowly and gradually. But the city has identified that this is something that they will be dealing with. Right. And and I think drivers, you know, have to realize that older you might be in a hurry, but, you know, somebody can't cross the street that quickly, you know, a little bit of respect. Well, and you know what? Unfortunately, we all drive around like we're on our own private island, that the rules don't apply to us. The reality is, honestly... We're not very good drivers. Nobody is. They, other than my husband, your, keeps telling me that. <laughs> but but the, the reality is, no matter who you are, you yeah. cannot be perfect. One kilometer over the speed limit, you've broken a rule. You roll that stop, you've broken a rule. You didn't make a proper lane change, you broke the rule. When you sit back and follow one individual, if you follow them from downtown to home, I guarantee you within a block, you're going to find two or three different offenses. It's the level of risk that the individual, cyclist, pedestrian, or driver has assumed 
to be a level of risk that they can accept. So the chances that they take. The problem is a lot of the chances that are taken by drivers result in collisions, in some cases death. Okay, let's go to the phones. Harold in Kitchener, hello. Hello, Libby. Uh, I was listening to your program, and it's great to listen to it. Now, one, one problem with eye contact is when a driver makes a right-hand turn, he's more interested in what's coming from the left side. And by the time he's moving, he hasn't seen nothing on the right. Well, what, what's interesting about that is if a driver rolls up, and I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, when a driver rolls up and sees a pedestrian at the side, uh, the pedestrian and the driver should have uh, some visual contact. That being said, if the driver now is focusing on the oncoming traffic from yeah. the left, you're right. They're not looking to the person that may be riding up on a bicycle or somebody that may be yeah. running along the sidewalk who wasn't there to begin with. Those types of situations do occur. That falls back to the responsibility of the driver. The driver must ensure that it's safe to actually engage the vehicle into motion and essentially starting from a stop position, not in safety, when they strike an individual uh, that maybe uh, was running or walking quickly where they weren't there before. The onus doesn't get lifted from the driver. In fact, it's even more imperative that the driver do, does what they're supposed to. So look left, look right, look left, look right. You find a gap coming on the left side, you check to your right to make sure it's safe to do so. Problem is, natural reaction is, I'm watching, okay, I've got a spot to go. You start yeah. rolling. And now, okay, I'm good to go. You hit the gas, and all of a sudden, somebody's on top of your hood. Well, like the trouble is, first of all, no... No vehicle, no, no one driving a vehicle has ever got hurt hitting a pedestrian. So what As, I'm putting the onus back um, on is... Sorry, what was that? Like, he said no, nobody driving has ever got hurt hitting a pedestrian. I'm not sure that's true. Well, well what, what that means is that in most cases, it's a pedestrian that's going to be injured more than anyone. Yeah, virtually, all matter, cases, yeah. virtually all cases. Virtually all cases, yes. Now, now what, what I'm thinking about is that... Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and, and I'm 79, it's up to the... the uh, the person walking, like, if I have a choice between waiting or getting hit, I'm going to make darn sure I'm going to look first and wait. Like, my wife walks a lot, and they never cross, even in Kitchener, without looking and waiting because you got these hot dogs coming around the corner, and they're just looking left. But anyways, uh, you got a good program, and I know that uh, I listen to the news out of Toronto, and it's uh, unbelievable how many people are getting knocked off there by cars. Okay, yep. thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks, Harold. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Welcome back. We are talking about pedestrians being killed in our city. 21 so far this year, the latest this morning, unfortunately, near Dufferin and Eglinton. A Zoomer, as usual, a man in his 60s killed trying to cross the street. I'm here with Constable Clint Stibby, and we're going to go right to the phones. I've got Judy in Toronto. Hi, Judy. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good. Um, I just wanted to say, I'm actually a Zoomer, but on the younger end. Uh, I live at Bathurst and Steeles, and I see people, A, crossing mid-block. I still see people on the phone in the cars, I mean, on the cars using their phone. And that's another whole issue because they're not paying attention. But I also see elderly people start to cross the street. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Hello. Yes, it's Ron. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. Lost. We, we have uh, the wrong uh, I think phone. I think her phone cut out. Uh, let's see. Judy, are you there? Okay. Uh, we're going to try and get. Uh, wait. Judy, are you there? Uh, we're having uh, 
a problem with our phones again. Uh, oh. So we're. Oh, we have somebody on the line. I think. Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, okay, okay, you're back. You're okay. back. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, Judy. So, what were you saying? Uh, I was saying that a lot of seniors, senior seniors. I see them crossing the street at a light, but yep. they start. It says, like, there's three seconds left, and they're starting to cross a four-lane, you know, two lanes north, two lanes south, and, and they're starting with their walker. Right. And, uh, we need some education. I, don't, I know in my area there's a lot of apartment buildings, condos full of seniors. Maybe uh, they, flyers need to go out, or, and, and multi-languages, because a lot of the people in this area don't speak English. Well, That's we actually we have a program through Traffic Services where yeah. we do attend uh, retirement homes right. uh, throughout the city, yeah, having well, these conversations. Are, these, are, these are not retirement homes. They, they might as well be. That's who's living in them, but they're actual apartments or yeah, condos. Yeah. Some, some are also supported uh, by yeah. uh, additional uh, personnel in the buildings. Yeah. We, att- we attend those types of locations uh, and speak good. to yeah. uh, speak I, to I don't know how seniors. you educate them. I mean, yeah, uh, who, who do you think we need to educate? It is the drivers who are having the problems? No, or? it's the, the people that are starting to cross the street. You know, you know how it tells you, it counts down, you know, you've got 20 seconds, 30 10 seconds, You're whatever. saying they're starting too late? They're starting way too late. The other day, a friend of mine were walking, and it said three seconds left, and this woman left the curb with her walker. Yeah, and these, these no are some of the... No way she even get through one lane, let yeah. alone four. Yeah, and to see, the, the reality is we each uh, think we're faster than we really are. Right. And unfortunately, we sometimes misjudge how much time we have to get across uh, a certain distance. Right. That type of thing, I think uh, even since we were younger, we thought we could run the 100 meters in like seconds, but, you know, in reality, we're not that quick. That's right. The point is... It's something that uh, education is uh, being given to uh, seniors as to a reassessment of the situation that they face. That includes the countdown clocks and whatnot. Right. But what's interesting, some of the perspectives that our officers have heard is, well, it doesn't really matter. The car has to stop for me. Right. Well, yeah, true. But if the car doesn't expect you to step out or the car's – it's a mid-block situation. They're driving and all of a sudden you step out and there's no time for them to react. Yeah. You may yeah. be right. They – you know, should be trying to stop if at all possible, but in That's some cases right. they may not be able to. Yeah. And this is where we're running into an issue with uh, uh, collisions resulting in fatalities. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it's... Judy. Thanks so much for your okay. call. We're going to have to uh, wrap things up. Um, okay. I, I'm going to take one more call. Uh, Jerry in Scarborough, uh, we need you to be really brief. What's on your mind? Uh, I, drive, I drive truck. I'm on the road. And I see when I'm sitting at a night, I have cyclists come up alongside me, bent forward, holding on to their thing, getting ready to take off. They're below my fender line. If not for my fender mirror, I wouldn't even know I'm, they're there. And if I go to turn to the right, I'm crunching out a driver, a, a cyclist, because they don't pay any attention to the trucks. And also, when I'm sitting at a light, I'm watching the pedestrians coming across the thing there, glued to their phones with their ear earplugs, absolutely don't turn their head one way or the other except their eyes are straight across and a, a locomotive train could be coming at them they wouldn't know it so what what we do see and this is something that uh, i think is relative to everybody involved we have good they, drivers we have bad drivers they, good pedestrians yeah, bad pedestrians good cyclists bad cyclists the reality is, is if we all worked to make ourselves better uh, and everything we did and follow all the rules, we could alleviate most, if not all, of our collisions. Unfortunately, it is a challenge that we face going well, forward. Well, another, oh. if I have a quick second. Well, actually, 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 we've got, we've, got, we've got to let you go. Sorry about that. Okay, right. Jerry, thanks very much for your call. Yeah. Okay, so uh, 
10 seconds wrap-up, Constable Stivy. You know what? Following the rules will save lives, and I think that's something we need to focus on going forward, regardless of what type of road user you are. Okay. I think uh, that's a good message for all of us and a good reminder, myself included. Constable Stibby, thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.